Super Talk Mississippi media production. Let's talk about LSU, the hottest team in the country, with my friend Brooks Cabina from the uh, the Advocate, also at NOLA News, uh, as they they sort of combined uh, forces down there. Of course, I like Brooks because you know he's a he's a big Longhorn, much like my buddy Tyler Hork is. Is Texas back? That's the first question. No, they're no. not back. And two, I kind of will go along with this part of it only that I'm a graduate. I am nowhere near like someone that's that invested in that team. You man, you should have seen like LSU whenever they went to Texas. I was getting it both ways. I was like, your favorite toward LSU. Oh, your favorite to Texas. And I was like, man, I picked LSU to beat Texas because I knew they would. You Texas, they're yeah, they're second. I mean, you saw them get lit up against Oklahoma. Oh yeah, uh, Caden Stearns was out in that game, but I mean, Texas is still, uh, I think, a year away from being the team that it needs to be uh, and, and contend in the Big Twelve. I mean, they're. They're certainly talented this year. I think they're they're kind of on the verge of that, um, but no, I, I don't think they're quite there yet okay. at, at all. And I, you could kind of tell on the stage last year when they beat George and Tom Hearn rolled his eyes and Sam Ellinger said, "We're back." Yeah, yeah, they're not back, and okay. it's clear they're not. I'll remember this. All right, uh, LSU. I th- are you on the same bandwagon with me that? Prior to the season when Orgeron's talking about they're going to change the offense and they're going to spread it out and we're going to throw the ball a whole ton, were you sort of on the whole wait, I'm going to wait and see on that bandwagon that I was on? I think uh, you know it was certainly the question because, um, I mean, now if you look at the statistics, everyone outside of Florida is outside the top 50 in scoring defense that LSU has played. So, yeah, going into that game, I'm like, all right, well, what's what's this LSU offense going to do? And within the first three drives, it looked human for a little bit. They didn't score on the first, which was the first time all year that LSU hadn't done that on the first drive. And then, you know, the second drive was two plays and scores. So, like, okay, all right, this is interesting. But the third time, they went three and out. I'm like, okay, well, uh, two out of three go to Florida. Let's, let's, let's see how this thing goes. But I think that's whenever you saw LSU become a complete team. Uh, the defense had a lot of questions going into that game as well. Um, and they were getting a lot of players back. Um, the only way that I think LSU's defense is going to perform well is by having good depth. And they didn't have that in the first five games. Uh, when Against Texas, Caleb on Chason, their best pass rusher, was, was banged up. So were their two defensive ends, uh, Rashard Lawrence and Glenn Logan. Neither of those guys played until they returned against Florida, and they were still a little banged up and were playing through a little bit of pain. So you saw them rotate into that game. Uh, I counted... Out of the 10 Florida drives on Saturday, LSU used seven different combinations of players in their front against Florida, and that was the difference. They, they were able to get stops when they needed stops and give the strength back to the LSU offense, and then you saw LSU's offense work again. And I think one of the main things that you saw uh, from the offensive flow was um, the run-pass option working toward the run. Um, I was talking to Lloyd Cushenberry, the starting center for LSU earlier this week, and he's saying like he could see linebackers hesitate, not knowing whether the play is going to develop into a pass or a run, which gives them a heck of an advantage. They're already down the field and blocking, and if you were watching that game, you saw some of the holes that Clyde edwards Lair had on his run. Uh, so that really worked out, and then whenever that works out, it opens up the pass, and as the game went on, LSU's offense flowed very well, and Joe Burrow quietly quietly through 21 to 24 he had just as many incompletions as he did touchdowns so uh any questions of whether this lsu offense can go up against a good defense and do well um we're kind of answered there and there are other caveats you know um 
Florida's uh, best pass rusher, John Greenard, was out after the second drive, and Jabari Zaniga, the defensive end, who's just a monster, uh, he played most of this game banged up, but he left by the third quarter in that time. It was 28-28. So, you know, I, I still think Florida's defense is very talented, even without those guys, especially in the secondary. And Burrow didn't throw an interception. They didn't have a single fumble. They played very clean against a very talented defense. And I think uh, that scares a lot of teams in the SEC right now. Joe Burrow is a quarterback that, I'll be honest with you, I was not impressed with him a season ago. And I, I was very adamant in this offseason about how I was like, I, I'm just not that impressed with him. I am impressed with Joe Burrow now. I'm surprised at how good he is. Are you surprised at how good he's been? No. I mean, well, why would you have been uh, you know, impressed with him last year? I mean, he's playing in a different, completely different system where last year he was they didn't really know what they were. They kept shifting over and in, in between games, and they had an offensive line that was rotating and didn't have a consistent starting line until week six against Georgia, and they wanted to go fastball and then change that up and then wanted to run the ball, and then they tried to go spread at the end. Like They, they were adapting so much. They were the chameleon of offenses last year, and Joe Burrow um, honestly proved that he had command through all of that because he wasn't the coaches say that he was wasn't phased throughout that he was able to adapt they gave him more responsibility on the field to make checks and calls and that's something that they were talking about all last year so i mean i i remember whenever they were talking about the saints coming in last summer and uh they trade information and they give each other presentations and the guy who gave the presentation last year was joe brady and he impressed the socks out of these guys at lsu and whenever they left uh, he was talking to the other saints coach and they said Joe, um, I think you won yourself a job. Um, and sure enough, you know, in January, whenever um, um, they had Jerry Sullivan, the former wide receiver coach, passing game coordinator, retire, um, you know, that was the first call. They brought in the guy, and they knew that Joe Burrow was smart enough, had the system uh, uh, deal before last year. Uh, I mean, before uh, when he was in high school and then Ohio State. He's been running the RPO system uh, his whole life. And I, and I think I got a sense of, how good he could be in this whenever I did my project story for the very beginning of the season we do a, a, a yearly magazine story to start start the year and mine was on Joe Burrow and just talking to his high school coach his teammates former coaches at Ohio State and other things and just people that know about Joe Burrow they knew uh, just all the stories that I heard about how smart he was and how adaptable he was and the kind of calls he was making on the field and, and adjusting on the fly in the run-pass option system. It's like, yeah, I mean, with him and Joe Brady paired together, that thing's going to work. Did I think he was going to be Heisman-worthy? I don't know. And I, I needed to see, and I still think we still need to see how he does against uh, future teams, like how's he going to duel against Tua Tagovailoa against Alabama in a few weeks? How's that going to go? But uh, as far as uh, as far as this went, uh, I mean, just being close by it, you're sure expected to improve, and it certainly has. When I think about LSU offense, obviously, you know, for years past, I thought about the running game. And this year, the running game is is pedestrian the right word? I don't know if that's the case or not, but I thought Saturday night. This was, year? This year, I mean, it hasn't been. Maybe it's just because there's not a Fournette, a Darius Geist, like that big-time tailback that's back there. But I thought Edwards Hilaire had a, a really good game against Florida, sort of a breakout game. Are we about to see a, a little bit more of the running component? Are they about to become better offensively because they're going to start doing a little bit more on the ground? 
I think we're starting to see the run-pass option play out in game plans in different games. I mean, we've gone through six games here. In the very beginning, it was mostly pass, 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 because that's what the game called for. Um, I don't think it was until Utah State that it really became part of the run. Um, So Utah State was one of those offenses that was even faster than LSU. I did some numbers, and they were, you know, uh, they were scoring at a higher rate and a higher pace than LSU was uh, as far as time of possession. So part of the game plan for that was to eliminate the amount of possessions Utah State had, and that meant running the football. Against Texas, the game plan was completely different, where, you know, Sam Ellinger is a passing quarterback. You know, they had the same kind of spread deal, and you had to outscore him. You had to score in every single drive. Ed Ogeron said that a couple of weeks ago right before the Vanderbilt game. He's like, I felt we needed to score on every drive against Texas. So you're going to lean on on, on Burrow and uh, and, and, and get, get that, uh, try and keep up with Sam Ellinger on the other side. So I, I think you've seen them have success in the run game whenever they've gone to it. No, I don't think Clyde Edwards Delaire is a Leonard Fournette, but Jesus, who is? You know, um, but in the system that he's had right now, um, yeah, he had, the old, he had a, some good wide open holes on Saturday and was able to make uh, some guys miss with some terrific juke moves. Um, you know, the, the breakaway speed is is uh, I, I think I think he's got some of that there. Um, you know, but uh, you know, he, I think I think he's I think he's good in this system and they like to run him in the spread. I think he's uh, still making up for some things and needs to prove some things as a, as a, as a catcher yet. Uh, as a pass, uh, passing guy, they wanted to use him a lot like Alvin Kamara, and that hasn't really played out on the field just yet. But um, I, I do think as the, the year goes on, you've seen LSU go both dedicate to the run and the pass in different uh, aspects of the, of the game, just depending on what, what, what looks they're going to get. Defensively with LSU, again, you know, when people talk about LSU football, I always think about the running game and the defense. And obviously it's a talented defense. They may have the best secondary in the country. But it hasn't been the, the same dominant out-of-the-gate defense you've seen in the past from LSU. What's different about this LSU defense this year? Uh, the difference, I mean, so you bring up an interesting deal. This, this is something that's being talked about all the time um, on the beat, outside, just people talking about this LSU team, uh, all this offense, what's going on with this defense. Um I remember in SEC media days, uh, you know, Ed Ogeron said this was the best secondary he's ever been around as a coach. And it's kind of weird to reflect on that whenever Texas hangs about 300-plus passing yards on it and 38 points. Um, but that's that's kind of the product of this team in some capacity whenever the defense has uh, less time in between drives to recover. Um but I also think, uh, you know, it had to do with some of the injuries we talked about a little bit. Uh, the depth on the defensive line, Rashard Lawrence and Glenn Logan have been out. Uh, whenever they came back against Florida, they were able to get their stops. Uh, but Kyle Trask had a heck of a game. I mean, him, he was connecting with that tight end, Kyle Pitts, who played probably his best game of his career. Um, and they were, they, were be, were, they were being able to connect passes over the middle of the field. And... Um, they were even going after Derek Stingley, who made the midseason All-America team as a true freshman. Trask was throwing these back shoulder throws in one-on-one against Stingley and, and completing them. So I don't know if it's just that players are playing. Cause those are difficult throws, and I, I don't know if it just means that uh, quarterbacks are playing it to their elite level when they're playing against uh, LSU's defense, or if that means that they are struggling in, indeed. But I think... I think we did see Grant Delpit start returning to his 2018 ways when he was unanimous All-American. There were a couple of plays last uh, on Friday on Saturday 
where he almost had an interception, almost uh, got another pick, and he was he was uh, you know playing more reactionary uh, to his instincts that really made him special last year. And uh, if you look at the film again, he was he was being brought down more towards the line of scrimmage, and uh, they were using Jacoby Stevens, the other safety, more. Um, more as the free, and that's generally where Delpit had been playing before, and I think they're letting him uh, go back to what his, what his schemes were last year. So um, I, I, think, I think it has it's a mix of a lot of things. I don't think they played up to their level, but a, a mix of injuries and uh, the pace of the offense and just players starting to uh, being rotated back into their schemes I think is, is all kind of part of it. I don't know how much you've watched of Mississippi State this year, but defensively the Bulldogs have just not been good. You knew they were going to take a step back after losing the kind of talent they had uh, a season ago. But you, Auburn, who has not been a good passing team, went for 350-plus passing yards. That That is a huge red flag for me coming into this game. If I put you in the coach's booth over there wearing maroon and white, what are you going to do to try to slow down this LSU offense? <laughs> uh, um you know, it's an interesting question. I haven't really thought of that. Um, it's kind of why I'm on this end and not in the coaching booth. But <laughs> I, I would you, – you you understand that they're going to – I think Joe Moorhead definitely understands what Joe Brady's going to do. I mean, that was his mentor. He's the guy who came up the run-pass option offense over in Fordham on his end. And <laughs> when he was at Penn State, taught Joe Brady. So I think if I was trying to stop myself um, – I mean, we, we mentioned it. I think Clyde Edwards E. Lair is, is good, but not a Leonard Fournette. I think you would probably try and uh, try and take away the, the the passing game in some capacity. But the difficult thing there is is that Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and uh, you know the others that they have are. I mean, who are you going to pick? Who are you going to slow down? So you got to pick your poison. Try and get them to commit to the run game. Um, but that's what Florida was going to do, and they had a hundred yards on five carries. So. Um, I mean, you, you have to find a way to, to make Joe Burrow um, get into pressure. I mean, he hasn't thrown many picks. He was 21 and 24. You've got to give him less time, but he's getting rid of the ball quicker. I think that's the answer everybody's trying to figure out right now, and I'm definitely not qualified to come up with that. Let's see what happens in, on Saturday night. One last question here uh, before we go. This LSU team, obviously, you sort of mentioned it, you know, the duel that's coming with Alabama. Who's winning that game right now, if you had to pick? Is this the national championship team you're covering? LSU at Alabama. Um, well, for my personal poll, I'm a voter in the AP Top 25, and I have LSU above Alabama. I think they have I think they have shown themselves to be the better team so far. They've beaten the better teams, and their offense has been shown to be historic. I think Joe Burrow is, uh, at the end of the day, the best quarterback in the league right now, and he's playing at that level. And not only that, he, they have leadership on this team. They have been able to come back from being down in the second half to Florida and score 21 unanswered. There's grit on this team. There's all these things that you know Ed Ogeron himself is recognizing uh, from championship teams past that he's been on. Um, and you know, there's another guy that's kind of hidden out of sight. Uh, he's a consultant to LSU, uh, John Robinson, the Hall of Famer uh, uh, coach from USC in the early 90s. Uh, you know, he, he kind of talks with Ed Ogeron every Monday, and it's just like he's pointing out these little things like, yes, I recognize this. Yes, this is here. Um, yeah, I do I do think LSU has a chance to be a championship team, and I think they do beat Alabama in the sense because I think the offense is functioning better. I think Alabama's defense is not what it was last year, especially with the absence of Dylan Moses at linebacker. I think they're able to 
be able uh, to uh, to counter them and score points and, and and go there. I think Dave Aranda, as a defensive coordinator these past couple of years, has performed uh, has gotten his defense to perform well against Alabama early, and it's just the lack of offense that kept them from being in the game. Uh, so I think they do have that difference this year, and uh, it'll be interesting to see for sure on come November 9th, but uh, I, I do think LSU is the edge right now. Well, that state's bye week, so if you need, like, an extra guy to help you, just let me know. I'll come over. Just give me credentialed, and <laughs> I'll sit right by you. No problem. Uh, yeah, I got. I, I think I got enough change in my pocket. How much do you work for? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'll work, I'll work for the pregame meal just to be in the stadium when that game's going on, to be totally honest with you. So, all right. Brooks Cabina, you can follow him on Twitter at B Cabina, K-U-B-E-N-A, if you want to keep up with the Tigers uh, this weekend going forward in the season. Man, thanks a lot for joining me. I'll see you on Saturday. Hey, no worries, Brian. See you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.